Best Meets Meets ABC. Coming at you live on Blog Talk Radio, also up on SoundCloud, the ABC Podcast. Welcome to the ABC Podcast, where I take modern dating and I disembowel it for your entertainment. Calling number here is area code 563-999-3596. That's area code 563-999-3596. Again, welcome to the ABC Podcast. So this week, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a few days, and I just want to go through the crappy advice people give other people about dating. Today, what I originally wanted to do was give you my spiel on why I turned on Dr. Laura Schlesinger after listening to her for and considering her a mentor for the last 30 or so years. I turned on her. I was going to do that today, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to I'm going to put that off until tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow's show. Today's show is going to be all about advice columns and the crappy advice that people give in dating advice columns. This is why I encourage anybody who's listening or everybody that I can talk to not to take advice from Stephen right into these advice columns because the, the advice they give is so crappy and it goes along the line of why I turned on Dr. Laura. And at the end of, I guess, a few days, I'm hoping to get you to understand why I've turned on Dr. Laura because the advice she gives is a lot of it is in line with some of these advice columns, but they don't, I noticed that neither these advice columns or Dr. Laura, they don't ask the pertinent questions. They ask questions. They're good. They, they do ask questions. Dr. Laura is actually good at drilling down to certain issues. But as far as the establishing questions to actually get down to the root of the situation, nobody touches those questions. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to go through some advice columns. I'm going to rip them apart. I'm going to I'm going to ask the pertinent questions, and I'm going to display to you why asking the pertinent questions will get down to the real heart of the issue and not just not just deliver platitudes like I hear these people, like Dr. Laura has been doing lately. Now, again, I'm going to do a more in-depth spiel on Dr. Laura tomorrow because I've read her books. I've read The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. I've read The Proper Care and Feeding of Marriage. I've read 10 Stupid Things That Women Do to Mess Up Their Lives. I've read 10 Stupid Things Men Do to Mess Up Their Lives. So I've read her books, right? I've read a lot of her books. She used to be about that life. She used to be. But I notice now when I go to places like calloftheday.com and I listen to some of the advice she's recently given people, it seems like she's gotten away from what she was originally about. She's gotten away from that, and I think it's because she's forgotten the pertinent question. So when you forget the pertinent question, then advice becomes platitude and not actual advice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through these I'm going to go through these advice columns and I'm going to start asking the person the question and hopefully it is going to spark something in your brain to start asking person uh, pertinent questions not only about your own situation but if somebody comes to you for advice then you know the pertinent questions to ask you know how to drill down to the heart of the order because that's ultimately where you want to go in order to 
in order to solve the problem because, again, medical background, I spent over 40 years in, around, in and around hospitals, so I understand that in order to treat something, you don't just medicate it. You've got to get to the heart of the order. That's exactly why things like diagnoses, medical diagnoses exist. I diagnose you with cancer. I diagnose you with irritable bowel syndrome. I diagnose you with acute kidney failure. What, whatever, the, whatever the diagnosis is, that you get diagnosed so that the doctor understands exactly how to take care of the problem and not just medicate it until you die. You understand? So this is why we do this, because we need, we need to drill down to the heart of the order in order to fix the problem. I think my old Welsh um, Freak in the Army said it best. She said, if you, get a, if you cut your arm and it gets all infected, are you just going to put a Band-Aid on it? No. There's work you have to do. You have to debride the wound. You have to clean the wound. Uh, you have to stitch the wound. You have to, take, you have to either stitch, staple, or glue the wound, and then you have to let the wound heal from the inside out. This is exactly how you get down to the heart of what ails you in dating. So you got to, there's a whole lot of work you have to do. So the work starts with asking the pertinent questions and drilling down to the heart of your order. And sometimes asking the pertinent questions hurts. Sometimes it's offensive. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's uncomfortable. You don't want to deal with it. But guess what? In order to get to what's real, what the real problem is, you kind of have to deal with it, right? So without further ado, I don't have really many whole lot of personal stories. Again, I'm on recovery from surgery. I'm actually feeling a whole lot feeling better, but there's I just have this dull ache at the top of where I can tell they put the darn mesh. So again, I can feel the points where he attached the mesh, and that's it's, that's physically uncomfortable for me. So I'm still kind of uh, I'm still down. I mean, I'm up and around. I mean, like I walk my dog for what that's worth. And then, but I'll be, I'll be okay. I'll, I'll be fine. I got a couple more days of rest and then I'll, I can go back to doing what I do. So I'm good. I'm healing, I'm healing up nicely. The, the drill holes are healing up nicely. So that's a good thing. I'm sure you guys don't care, but let's just get to, let's get to the action. Cause you didn't come to hear about me and my operation. You came to hear some dating advice. So let's get to it. Now I, I'm on Google and I, I searched for dating advice column. That's why I put in my Google search and it pulled up a bunch of these. First thing that came up, of course, of course, since Google is who they are, they come up with a bunch of very, very, very tasty sources, politically tasty sources, because you know, they're Google and they're of a political, certain political persuasion. I'm just going to say that again, this isn't a show about politics. I used to do that. I, I still dabble in politics, but not in my shows. So, this is all about dating advice and not exactly the politics, but since they're going to pull up things, they're going to display things that align with their political persuasion. I get that. It doesn't matter political persuasion, it just matters the advice. And the first, the actual first hit is for E. Jean Carroll. And for those of you who, who wonder where you heard that name from, she's the one that falsely accused Donald Trump of rape. She's very delusional. And I would have gone because she has an advice column too. And I would read from it, but honestly, her rantings are so insane. I can understand why. I can understand why and how it is that she came to accuse Donald Trump of what she accused him of, even though he he has never met her in her life. So just reading her reading her rantings, I am not going to 
I'm not going to debase my show with that. And it's not because of what she did to Donald Trump. It's just that because I've read a few from this, and no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to debase the show like that. Um, here's one called Dear Wendy, and I'm going to click on this. DearWendy.com, and let's see, it's about to get personal. My ma- okay, let's go. Let's let's try a few of these. Let's see. My maid of honor keeps talking about her relationship, which okay. After two years, his kids don't still know about me. Which let's see. My boyfriend of two years and I have been discussing moving in together in a couple of months, and he still denies. So let's see what let's see what she says. Oh, and here's the format I'm going to use. Just so just so we're clear. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the letter. I'm going to read the response. After the response, I'm going to give my spiel, and then after I give my after I give my take on it, then I'm going to go back, read the original, read the original letter, and then I'm going to tear apart the original letter and the read the response and tear apart the response. So it's going to be kind of long, but you're going to understand. Hopefully, by the end of it, you're going to understand why I say what I say. So that's what's up. That's how we're going to do this. Now it says, my boyfriend of two years and I have been discussing moving in together in a couple months, yet he still denies my existence to his ex. His children have gone through his phone and seen pictures of me and asked him outright if I was his girlfriend. And he said, oh, she's just my friend. His ex asked him if he's dating me, and he says no. He's not divorced yet, but is legally separated, as am I. He still pays all the bills at his ex's house, and she's still on a joint bank account. My boyfriend has met my family and even spent Thanksgiving with us, but his children don't know my name. I have expressed the pain that I feel and and that I don't want to be a dirty little secret. And he gets mad that I bring it up. I don't see why we can't all get ice cream together or go to the mall. I also cannot in good conscience move into a home with this man until his kids know about me. It's fair to, it's fair to the kids to meet me after, oh, it's, yeah, it's fair to the kids to meet me after it's become serious that we are buying a home and planning a wedding. It's not just the kids. It's not just the kids either. My boyfriend has told me, well, my boyfriend has told his siblings about me, but I haven't met anyone in his family that I'm not that, well, I'm not, I haven't met anyone in his family and I'm not allowed to meet them. Aside from this issue, he makes me so unbelievably happy. I don't want to lose what we have, but I also can't be his dirty little secret. I'm so lost. And it's signed his dirty little secret. All right, let's see. Here's the advice. Let's see. You may be unbelievably happy with your dirty little secret. You may be unbelievably happy with your boyfriend aside from this issue, but when the issue is feeling like a dirty little secret, you're setting a bar pretty low for happiness. The truth is your boyfriend is the secret. Uh and he wants to keep it that way. He wants you to be separate from his real life so that you can function as an escape for him from whatever it is he's hiding from. This isn't what love looks like. In a happy functional relationship, your partner would want to share his life with you, not hide it from you, not not you hide from it. Take a step back here. Look through a wider lens. You can't possibly be considering moving in with someone, marrying someone who doesn't want to introduce you to his kids. How can you feel like you even know him when you don't know him as a father and who is kids? That isn't what love looks like. Let's see. Scroll down. You deserve you deserve more than you're getting from this relationship. You and your boy. Oh, 
You deserve more than you're getting from this relationship, and your boyfriend doesn't even pretend that you'll ever get anything more than this from him. I hope you'll reconsider the future you're dreaming of with this man. Expand your idea of what happiness can look like. Then give yourself the gift of space to pursue it. And let me say after after response to text. Okay. Okay, fine. Oh, with something else. Okay. So crappy advice she she whoever this is neglects to answer the who asked the pertinent question. So Again, if this is a situation, if you find yourself in the situation, there's several things going on here that do have a lot to do with him, but also have a lot to do with you. All right. And this is what I would tell this is what I would tell Dirty Dirty Little Secret. Yeah, a lot has to do with him, but a lot has to do with you too. And a lot has to do with what you're aiming for, what you shot what you shot for and what you call yourself in a quote unquote relationship with. Because chances are if this is if this is a situation where you're dating somebody who you consider and other people consider highly attractive, he has an ex and all that, so whatever. But, um, oh, the radio's on. That's why. I'm like, I'm hearing music. I'm, I'm hearing music in my headphones. Yeah, because my radio's on. So you're going to hear some, in the background, you're going to hear probably hear some Christmas music. Probably just for that. I think it just, like, started up on its own. But, um. But again, a lot of it has to do with him, but a lot of it has to do with you as well and your unwillingness to and your unwillingness to let go of something that you need that you need to let go of because of some sort of status. That's just my rudimentary take, all right? So let's go back and let's analyze the letter that was submitted. Now, it says my boyfriend of my boyfriend of two years and I have been discussing moving in together in a couple of months. Yet he still denies my existence to his ex. So right there, you would you need to understand because as you're writing this letter, you submit the letter without reflecting on the letter you sent it. If he's still denying your existence to his ex, that means there's something still there between him and his ex. All right, so that's there's something going on there. That has that smacks of him having options because his ex is still in the picture and they're doing their thing and then you're in the picture you're doing your thing you're doing the thing and so he probably has he probably has other options and he's exercising these options so my first impression is that you're getting you got with a guy who's unbelievable not unbelievably handsome but he's probably really good looking and he, he may be young he may not be I don't know. But this is just the this is just what I'm drawing from this whole situation. His children have gone through his phone and seen pictures of me and asked him outright if I was his girlfriend. He said, Oh, she's just my friend. So he considers you a friend. So you probably did overshoot you probably did overshoot your target. So you gotta come back now and you and you have to look at you and you have to wonder why is it that this guy he's discussing moving in with me, but to him I'm just his friend, right? So the the two things can't be the two things can't coexist in the same sphere. You can't say, oh, we're going to move in together and then be like, oh, she's just my friend. It just doesn't work. You see, either one or the other is true. And since he's telling this to his kids, then chances are then he feels like you are you really are just his friend, and you're over either you're overthinking the situation like you're overplaying the hand, or you or you're just ignoring certain things. 
So let's see. He still pays the bills at his ex's house, which is probably true because of child support and spousal support and things like that. So that's kind of a non, that's probably a non-issue. Um, let's see, he's not divorced yet, but is legally separated. So again, that's something that they probably worked out separately. So if he's dating you and then still paying the bills, that means he has money, right? Because he has to pay his bills. He has, he's paying her bills and he's dating you. So that means he's, he has money. So you date, you have um, you have a handsome man who has money and who's doing the thing with you too. So now you have to step back and say, okay, why is it that he's not committing to me? So you, there's where introspection comes in. Is it because you're not what he wants physically? You're not you're not attractive to him in his eyes, or you're not friendly to him in his eyes, or whatever. But that's where introspection comes in. And then, again, if he's that tied to his ex, do you really want to deal with that? But let's see. Let's keep going. Oh, my boyfriend. Yeah, my boyfriend has met my family and even spent Thanksgiving with us. But his children don't know my name. I've expressed the pain that I feel. Okay, again, you're overplaying your hand. You took your boyfriend around your family in hopes that in hopes that things will bring that around, and that's not going to work. It's just not, especially if he's really not that into you. It's nothing you're going to do. Well, no, I'm not going to say that because there are things you can do to bring him around, but most women don't want to do it because they're in the mindset of you have to take me as I am regardless of whether you like it or not or whether you think that it's whether you think that it's your cup of tea or not, if you're going to deal with me, you're going to deal with me as I am, no room for self-improvement. And then I address that again in the back in the show where I dealt with AI, I think it was on December 1st. So listen to that show. And then listen to the last show because the last show I did on Saturday kind of touched on that too. So again, stop with the, you need to, if you really, if you really think this guy is all of that, then do what you need to do to win him. Because you're not going to play the passive game. You're not going to play the you, you're going to take me as I am and I don't need to improve game. And then you need to decide between me and her because if she is everything you're not, he's going to choose her 10 times out of 10. That's just it, right? So let's get on. Um, I also cannot in good conscience move into a home with this man until his kids know about me. You shouldn't move into him, you shouldn't move into him anyway, whether his kids know about you or not, until certain things change. It's fair to the kids to meet to meet me after it's become so serious that we are buying a home and planning a wedding. It's not just kids either. My boyfriend told his siblings about me, so he's he's saying all of this, but did he tell his siblings that you were his girlfriend? That's the question that the columnist didn't ask. Uh, but I haven't met anyone in his family. My boyfriend has told his siblings, but I haven't met anyone in his family. He's probably met mom and dad and aunts and stuff. And I'm not allowed to meet them probably because the parents and stuff are still still believing that he may be working things out with the ex or there's something still going on with the ex that his parents believe is still there. So he doesn't want to he doesn't want to open up that can of worm to his parents. So that's why you didn't meet them. Let's see, aside from the issue, he makes me so unbelievably happy, which that's arbitrary because again Women will say, oh, he makes me so happy, he makes me so happy, and then in a month be like, I'm unhappy because you're not doing for me what, I, what I'm expecting you to do for me. You go to work, and then you, work, you go to work, you spend eight hours a day at work, and then you go and you spend an hour and a half at the gym making your body look better, 
and you come home, you're tired, you play video games, and you go right to sleep. Where's the time for me? When, you know what? No, I'm just going to deal that. I'm going to deal with that in another show. Take a pin in that and put it on the board. I'm going to come back to that a little later in the week. Let's see. Um, but I also can't be a dirty little secret. I'm so lost. And don't be a dirty little secret. Don't. Who cares how unbelievably happy you are? But at the same time, you have to realize that if you really do want to be happy, and let's see, maybe unbelievably, hold on, let me put a pin in that too. You may be unbelievably happy with your boyfriend, aside from this issue, but when the issue is feeling like a dirty little secret, you're setting a bar pretty low for yourself, that's true. Uh, low for happiness. The truth is your boyfriend is the secret. No, you're the secret. The boyfriend is just the one who's playing, who's manipulating the strings. And he wants to keep it that way. Uh, he wants you to be separate from his real life so that you can function and doesn't escape for him. That's kind of true because you are the fallback plan that he doesn't really plan on committing to from whatever he's hiding from. He's hiding the fact that he doesn't want to commit to you. So that's that's what he's hiding. I don't understand how the columnist didn't come up with that. Uh, this isn't what love looks like. In a happy, functional relationship, your partner will want to share his life with you, not hide it from you. Not, I hide it from you, not hide you from it. Take a step back, and that's true. Take a step back and look through a wider lens. You can't possibly be considered moving in with someone, marrying someone who doesn't want to introduce you to his kids. How can you feel like you even know him when you don't even know him as a father to his kids? This is true. But at the same time, Mr. Column, Mr. or Miss Columnist, you didn't you didn't hit hard enough. That's fine and all, but what you what you have to tell this writer the fact that this man doesn't want to commit to her for whatever reason. Now, it, what the reason, she'll have to do some introspection to mm -hmm. come up with the reason why he doesn't want to. Then what she needs to do is change that, whatever, she, whatever it is she comes up with. She can even ask him, like, hey, why don't you want to commit to me? What is it about me that you don't want to commit to? And then if he's an honest dude, he'll just tell her, well, you know, I don't usually, you know, we're cool and all, but like I can't see myself with somebody who's like he was overweight or who's combative or who's this or who's that. And then that's if there are things that you can change, then go ahead and change those and then look for somebody that's in your price range. All right. That's what you do. That's how you're gonna be happy. You're not gonna be happy with pining over Chad who has this ex that he's still attached to. That's not gonna make you happy. Doesn't matter how happy you think he makes you because in a couple of months after you to move in together, and actually, I should pull up another advice column. Actually, I think I will, because there's another advice column that actually sparked this whole show. But um, after you after you move in with him, after a couple of months, you're not going to be happy because you're going to realize that this Chad is not going to be there in a way that you expect him to be there. And then you're going to get butthurt in your feels talking about how you're not happy, even though a couple of months before prior, when you were talking about moving in with him, you said he made you unbelievably happy. So, again, that's the, that's a modern woman talking in circles thing. But you need to do the introspection there that's going to allow you to come up with what the problem is so that you can change it. You do change it, and then you shoot for somebody within your price range. And if you do that, I guarantee you, you're going to be happier than you're going to be happier than you will than you think you are with him. That's the whole thing. You just think you're happy now because you're with Chad, and a lot of girls do because oh my God, he has money and he's handsome and he's this and he's that, and they overlook all these other things because they, they 
Chad's telling them the sweet songs to get in their pants. But at the end of the day, Chad doesn't want to commit to you because you're not what Chad wants. Chad wants this over here. He doesn't want you. He's just you're just again, like Solomon has said, and I agree with him I agree with him there, you're the fallback plan. You literally that's what you literally are. That's how you keep it one hundred with people. All right. Let's see. Actually, let's go back to that because there's a column here and I think it was in where was it? It might have been in Dear Prudence. Um, Slate puts up Dear Prudence and Health Reason for When I Help My Boyfriend and I Just Had Our Worst Fight. My sister, I'm fighting me. My boyfriend, my friend won't stop buying me gifts. We'll deal with that in a minute. My in laws were holding a sausage. No, where was it? It might not have been there. Oh, I think it was in Carolyn Hacks. And I don't think I have access to that because I don't do Washington Post. Is he the one, first love, age of 32, the modern age boyfriend, girlfriend, and a tattoo? No, where was it? Aaron Carr, Love Letters, Boston. I don't think it was in Boston. But um, what we talked about is being the right time to send your questions about your marriage. No, that wasn't it. But LSE Gene, I don't, I'm not going to debase my show with that. But, yeah, any in any case, let's go back to Dear Prudence because majority of the letters in Dear Prudence are actually good fodder for examination, right? So let's see. Dear Prudence is Slate's advice column. Of course, it's Slate, so you know that they're of a certain persuasion. Prudy responds to your questions about how it work. Let's see. The reason for my divorce is really intense. Oh, this is actually excuse me. This is actually a pretty good one. So help. The reason for my divorce is really intense. I don't trust my dates to understand it feels deeply private. So it says, Dear Prudence, four years ago, a drunk driver hit our family car and killed our son. I'll put a pin in that. I'll come back with a personal story in a minute. My then-husband and I survived, but then we're torn, but we're torn apart by the loss. We still care a lot about each other, but couldn't be married anymore. I've been divorced for two years, and although I think about my son often, I feel like I'm, more, I feel like I'm in a more stable place with the grief and the small rituals that let me honor him. I'm starting to pick up the pieces of my personal life, strengthening friendships that I neglected in my grief blog, revisiting old hobbies, and dipping my toes into dating again. I've been on a handful of first dates, and nothing has really generated sparks. But as I move forward, I'm not, I'm not sure how to share this fact about myself that feels deeply private, but is also very relevant to anyone who I want to be serious for a long time. Okay, hold on. Um, Sure. Oops. Sure. Sorry, I'm trying to send the text and Apple is just not letting me. Okay, but as I move forward, um, I'm not sure how to share this fact about myself that feels deeply private, but also is very relevant to anyone I want to be serious with long term. I haven't told anyone. My profile states neutrally that I'm divorced. I think it's important info and I'm at an age where some people aren't married yet and others are in a second marriage. Come back to that. My loss is my loss is woven into the fabric of my divorce, my friendship with my ex, and my desire to move slowly in building a family in the future. But my son is but my son is still very private to me. There are so many other things that I trust a stranger with before I trust them with the story. Also, not to be glib, 
but the grief is a downer and I don't want to bring it up early. When is the right time to share this information? Fine, trying again. How many? One, uh, two, or three. Get three. Get three. Sorry, I've been trying to coordinate something here while I'm doing my show because what else? Um, so, when is the right time to share this information? Sign trying again. And Prentice answers, dear trying again. I don't think there's a right time as much as there is right feeling. The sense that you aren't talking to a stranger, but to a person that you've come to respect, trust, and feel safe with. That might happen in 30 minutes or might take six dates. I'll get back to that. Uh, and you might not get there with anyone who you date in the first year of putting yourself out there. You might find that you're comfortable saying, yes, I've been divorced. My ex and I suffered major loss, something I'm not really ready to talk about in detail just yet. And our marriage didn't recover without naming your son or the details of the tragedy. You've endured so much and you've put, and you should not put extra pressure on yourself about getting this etiquette right. Whatever feels easiest is the right choice. And it goes without saying that if any potential partner has the nerve to even lightly suggest that you didn't deliver the information at the right time or in the right way, they get blocked immediately. Okay, I can understand where prudence comes from with that, but it's, it's really misguided. And I'm going to tell you why. Ladies, gentlemen, if you lose, a, if you're married, right? Or, yeah, if, let's just say you're married and you have a child and you lose that child for some reason. And you divorce because, let me step back. Damn, I hate the story. My great nephew was killed in, wasn't, it wasn't a drunk driver, I don't think. But this motorcycle ran into the car. Hang on. Because <laughs> I always, I hate getting emotional when I tell the story. A motorcycle, had, let me gather myself. A motorcycle ran into the car, and he was killed almost immediately. And my niece and her then husband, it tore it pretty it it tore the family, and they ended up divorced. And it's my contention, contrary to what Prudence says, it is absolutely my contention that. Drive some tears. It's absolutely my contention that you miss out on a golden opportunity for marriage strengthening when that happens. Yes, it's tragic. I get that. However, to let it tear you and your husband apart, I understand that the death of the child weighs heavily on you, right? And there's a lot of blame that goes around. And I, I get that. Point stipulated. I've seen it myself. But at that time, it's when you need to come together as a couple and remember why it is you got married to begin with and not let, I'm not going to say not let the death of the child tear you, tear you apart. But at the same time, you need to, you need to be there in that love for each other at that moment and not and no matter how long it takes. My advice to anybody who goes through this is my advice to anybody who goes through this is this. Do not under any circumstances, do not get divorced unless and I say unless you have gone through at least at the very minimum, you've gone through at least 
six, five to six years of therapy at the very least, because again, you're not, you're robbing yourself of the chances to develop a strengthening bond with that husband or with that wife. All right. It's all, it's akin to throwing in the towel at that point. So once, once you get to that space, once you, once you get to that space and you figure out that you really can't overcome it, fine. I think that's a bit selfish, but fine. However, um, give yourself that chance, all right? Also, another reason why I say that, uh, we'll just say, so are we making three today? Um, probably, uh, probably. So, Sorry, still trying to coordinate stuff. So um, again, when you lose when you lose a child like that, don't give up on your partner. Don't do it. Don't do it. You, the the, the temptation is going to be there. There's going to be a lot of strife. There's going to be a lot of blame going around. You got to push through that. All right. And the reason why, like I was about to get into before I uh, before I shot back this text, um, the reason why when the other reason why is because if you get back out there like like this person is on their prudence. Um, if you get back out there, it's going to be some years later and your your sexual market, whether you're a guy or girl, may have changed for the better or your sexual market value may have changed for the better or the worse. And if you're especially if you're a woman, your sexual market value, especially being a little later on in life, most likely going to change for the worse. And if you're a woman trying to get back out there and date and find somebody that's going to accept you then you have several things going against you. Number one, you're a little older now. You probably put on a little more weight, and that's going to that's going to be a net negative for you. Number two, you have this trauma. Number three, you have this X. So I don't know any – oh, yeah, and number four, you're not going to claim anything that was better than your X, all right? Look at your X because you're not going to do any better than that on the dating market. You're just not going to. Why? Because you have all these things – Again, all these things that are playing against you. So your best bet would be to work those things out and stay with that person. Just stay with them because there's literally nothing out there for you on the on the dating market. What do you think? You're gonna get what do you think? You're gonna go with a plenty of fish and find or tender or bumble and find a high quality a high high quality, a high value six figure earning chad like man who's gonna to want to take somebody with the trauma who has who's dealing with the trauma of losing a child who has an ex and who's a little bit older and probably a little bit heavier, you think you're gonna find that. And I hate to put it I hate to put it that way, but that's the ultimate reality of it is the fact that you're again, you're not going to do much better than what that guy was. And even if, let's say even if this the guy you divorced, let's just say he was a bum and a drug dealer or whatever do you think somebody is going to get with somebody who's been with a bummer or a drug dealer, had a kid with them, lost a kid, and then has that trauma too? So there's literally nothing out there for you getting divorced after the trauma of losing a child. There's nothing out There's literally going to be nothing out there for you. There's just not. So your best bet would be to stay, do whatever work y'all have to do to get this marriage back on track and then try again to have another child. Once everything's back on track and once your strength, once you've gotten past losing the trauma, losing this child together, 
now that your marriage, now that the bond of your marriage is actually forged and strengthened, then you go ahead and have another kid. But to get divorced and then you're trying to get back out there and now you're trying to figure out how it is that you tell somebody that you've lost your kid because it's such, it's so woven into your fabric and that you've divorced your ex and you have this ex behind you that, you know, how, how do you, how do you do that? How, instead of just doing, doing the emotional heavy lifting and then staying with them and not even having to deal with dating or anything because you're with the person you love. There it is. I can't put it any more succinctly than that. There's really no reason to even go into, go back into the letter because that's it. Oh, my boyfriend and I just had our worst fight while I was mostly asleep. Uh, help my sister, but her sick kids Thanksgiving affected everyone, and she's mad at me. Help my friend will stop buying me gifts. Oh, here's a good one. Help my friend will stop buying me gifts. This might be more complicated than, oh, it's an audio thing. I'm not going to do live audio just because I'm on Block Talk Radio, and live, I have to do, on Block Talk Radio, I have to do audio clips because if I do live audio, then when Block Talk Radio processes the audio, it truncates the live part, and I don't like that. And then I have to send people to my SoundCloud to hear the whole thing, and it's just it is just a bunch of it is a bunch of hot mess. Um, let's see. Have a bachelor party for instance. Could I ask for about the salary? How can I? I'm trying to find, and it wasn't dear Wendy. It wasn't I could have swore it was Carolyn Hacks. Man. So eh, maybe it was maybe it's the, oh is this, is this the one a checklist you know what let's do that one is this the one a checklist because honestly is this the one a checklist yeah let's do that one read the column here I usually don't do Washington Post I just don't like Washington Post but Carolyn again I'm not doing this for political reasons I do this. To give the advice, so I take politics out of it. So I have to go to Washington Post. I go to Washington Post. That's it. This is for Carolyn Hacks. Hi, Carolyn. How do I know whether somebody is the one? I've been with them five years, and the answer isn't coming to me. Marriage is obviously a huge step in life, and it's important to me not to make any missteps. It would be great news if there was a the one checklist. Signed, Seattle. Let's see, dear Seattle, if you're asking me, he's if you're asking me, he's not it. We'll get back to that. Okay. You're not marveling at your luck in finding this guy. He deserves that. You do too. End of discussion? Maybe. However, some people feel lucky just to have someone rich, pretty, or breathing, so it's important to calibrate your concept of luck. That's number one. Number two, do you love, not just like each other? Number three, do you like, not just love each other? Number four, do you talk to each other easily, sit in silence easily? Number five, are you both past the point of comparing yourselves or seeking approval from your parents and peers? Number six, do you do your friends and family approve? Trick question for that. Uh, do you respect your do you respect their opinions or should you? Most times or not, you shouldn't, but what else? Let's keep going. Uh, seven, should you re, should you respect your opinions? Can you spot abuse and control? Have you we'll get back to that. How have you outgrown any need to delude yourself? Can you admit when you're being shallow, stubborn, or immature? When your score keeps when your scorekeeping, holding grudges, shifting blame, undermining, told you sewing, abusing substances, or otherwise making suspect decisions. Eight, do you refresh, not exhaust each other? 
Nine, are there no major objections, recurring arguments, unhealed emotional wounds between you? Between you, do you two handle conflict well enough not to fear it? Are you free to be yourselves, whether others think walk on their chills? Number ten, everyone has insecurities. Do each of you respect how the other handles them? Eleven, can you share anything, whether you do or not? Does your mate know you as well, as well or better than your friends do? Are you free to confide in both? Number twelve, finish the sentence. They're wonderful, but that's actually going to be important, but. Let's see, 13, do you understand the only, that the only person you can change is yourself, and even then, only to a limited degree? That potential is fiction, and that it's as is or nothing. Um, we'll put a pin, well, no, let's not put a pin in that. I've addressed number 13. It can't, there's no way it can logically be as is or nothing. There's always room for improvement, so that's, that's hogwash. Number 14, okay, they're wonderful, but are they wonderful for you? Number 15, have you purged the excuse, all relationships are work from your lexicon? You better not. Let's see, 16, is it pleasing? I'll, let's put a pin in these. So let me come back and answer these questions. Number 16, is it pleasing each other, is pleasing each other a pleasure? Compromise, good, compromise, not. Are you confident that if you broke up, they would, they would take it like an adult? Would you be with this person even if you couldn't marry or have kids, i.e. there were no societal ticket to punch, the silver bullet against settling? 19, have time, has time, not months, but years, confirmed what you're witnessing and feeling. 20, honesty check. Brutal yet? Finally, finally. Uh, 21, do you understand that you can get all of this right and, and get everything else right and be raised by parents who got this right and still have things go wrong? That cosmically, practically, and mathematically, the whole concept of the one is ludicrous. This doesn't sound like an argument for serial monogamy, but operating from a fear of missteps is itself a misstep. Have the guts to accept life without guarantees and let good fortune speak for itself. Interesting, but let's let's inject the real into this, all right? Because again, um, this woman, Carolyn, she should have she could have saved herself a whole lot of typing, all right? And I'm gonna boil it down to what it needs to be boiled down to. Women, if this is if this is if you're asking, is this the one? Let me ask you something, right? Women, if you have to ask if this if this man is the one, answer yourself one question: Is he the one giving you access to the long-term relationship? In other words, is he, does he want to be with you long-term? If he is, everything else can be worked out. But remember. Men control access to long-term relationships. So if he chooses you and is offering you access to a long-term relationship, he's the one. He, he just is. The, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter what he looks like or what he makes. If he's offering you access to a long-term relationship, he is the one. All right. That's just it. Men, if you have to ask yourself if she's the one, then ask yourself this, this question. Is she fit, friendly, and feminine? That's all you need to ask. Is she fit, friendly, and feminine? And if the, and if the answer to all three is yes, she is the one. Everything else can be worked out. But if she is fit, friendly, and feminine, or certainly don't have to be. If you're again, if you're one of the one of the uh, few that are in the market for more Rubenesque women, then is her is her body type to your liking? And if that's true, and then she's friendly and feminine, then yes. She is the one, right? So everything else can be worked out. Now let's go back through these. Let's go back to the questions because again, how do we work out what what is what? So we start off with the base of for women, 
is he offering you access to a long-term relationship? Um, and of course, again, this is disavowing abusers and alcoholics and people who are addicted to any kind of drugs. It's something that I will teach in Dr. Laura because I do absolutely wholeheartedly agree with her on that. And I'll get into Dr. Laura tomorrow. But notwithstanding those extreme situations, if everything else, if those things, if those three things aren't present, and then let's go through these, then you know you have the one. So, um, number one, let's see, they don't even, oh, yeah, number one, if you're asking me, he's not it. That's kind of, well, it's true and it's not. You have to ask yourself, and you have to ask yourself going by the basic parameters that I laid out. Number two, do you love just, not just like each other? Love is, love is developed over time. You have to like each other, all right? Which leads to number three, do you like not just love each other? If you like each other, that's going to develop into loving each other, all right? If you like him and he's asking you access, ladies, if you like him and you're offering access to a long-term relationship, he's the one. Let's see, do you talk to each other easily or do you sit in silence easily? If it's easy for you to be around each other for what during whatever situation, if you're talking or if you're quiet, if you can be around each other, of course, right? And he's offering you that access to a long-term relationship where men, if she's, if she's visually what you want and she personality-wise, she's what you want. Damn the accomplishments, women. All the years that oh, I got PhDs and I'm settled and I'm an independent woman. You can take all that and you can take all that and feed the dogs with it. You just have to be friendly. You have to be feminine, and you have to be the body of the body type that that whatever man that you're that you call yourself liking or being after, you have to be their body type. You really do. You have to learn to play the man's game if you want to be in a long-term relationship. That's just it. Um, are the point of, number five? Are the point of view are you both past the point of comparing yourselves with or seeking approval from your parents? That's kind of a, it's kind of an important thing because again, you look at your parents, you look at your parents as the example of, or the ultimate example of what to do or the ultimate example of what not to do, right? There's really no gray area there. So if you're comparing yourself to your parents, you have, you only have two real parameters to, or if you're comparing somebody else to your parents, then there's only real two real parameters that you compare that you have to compare it against. So that's kind of a thing. And your peers, forget your peers, all right? Because your peers are just they're they're a non-factor when you're in a relationship. Number six, your friends and family approve. Who cares? As long as as long as the basics are met, then it doesn't matter if they approve or not. I mean, they may know certain things about certain personality types that you can that you take into consideration, but again. Fit, friendly, feminine, or women, are they, act, are they offering you access to long-term relationships? Everything else can be worked out. Let's see. Should you respect your opinions? Yeah. You will, yes and no, because a lot of times your opinions, your opinions can be a bit solipsistic. And as we learn from a lot of women's mistakes, that their opinions cost them a good man, and now they're back. They're 45 years old. They've hit the wall, and they're wondering why. They're wondering why nobody wants to – it's not that nobody wants to date them because people will date them. They just won't be in a long-term relationship like they want because they're not they're, – they've fallen out of the parameters of a long-term relationship. So your, does your opinion count? Kind of. But, again, yeah. Let's see. Can you stop the abuse and control? That's, that's a big one. Have you outgrown any need to delude yourself? That's a big one. 
Can you admit when you're being shallow, stubborn, or immature? That's a huge one because women, I don't know what it is with you, but you're definitely allergic to accountability. And if you can admit when you're being shallow, stubborn, and immature, that goes a long way to preserving a long, not getting into a long-term relationship, but preserving your chances of staying in a long-term relationship. All right, so that's a big one. When you're scorekeeping, holding grudges, shifting blame, under money, told you so, a lot of things that women do. Men, Some men do it too, but more so women. Abusing substances or otherwise making suspect decisions. Again, if any of these are present, then... You know, access to access to a long-term relationship or fit, friendly, and feminine be damned. It's just not. It's just not it, right? That's just not them. There's going to be somebody else who checks those boxes, but doesn't do these things. And you can't be afraid to. You can't be afraid to move on. On that note, if you're older and you're trying to look for something like this, and you realize that the men that you're going for aren't really offering you that access, it's because you're overshooting your target. And that you need to bring your you need to bring your expectations down and get a middle of the road guy because you're older and you're a middle of the road person. I'll get into that in a couple of days when I talk about I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do a Dr. Laura show and then the next day, which is Wednesday, I'm gonna do a show about how to choose a partner. Because a lot of y'all don't get it. And a lot of a lot of y'all don't get it about value, even though I put out like two or three shows about economics. So that's that. Let's see. Do you refresh and not exhaust each other? That's important, especially in a TradCon relationship. Because in a TradCon relationship, and I'll probably go over time with this. That's fine. In a TradCon relationship, this is important. In a TradCon relationship, the man goes out and he works and he faces all kinds of stuff at work. He has to face a demanding boss. He has to face timelines. He has to face physical rigors, all kinds of stuff, right? And he comes home. When he comes home, are you nagging him about dishes? Are you nagging him about the kids? Are you nagging him about um, cleaning up or where he leaves his socks or where he puts his or where he puts his clothes? Or are you that port in the storm? Because again, if you find yourself nagging and nagging and nagging like that, when he comes home from work, then he's going to go walk right past you when he comes home to work and jump on the AI, and that's just it, because the AI is going to support him and the AI is going to be that port in the storm for him. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you this. And it's going to be a better alternative, women, for for you. It's going to be a better alternative than the woman, than the actual real flesh and blood woman who's doing the things that AI is doing. But he's hanging out with her and not AI. See, if it's AI, then you can claim that back. If it's a woman that's doing that, good luck, right? So, again, are you that, are you that port in the storm? You have to be, right? Let's see. Are there major objections, recurring arguments, unhealed emotional ones between you that have to be worked out? Again, if you're dating, you'll find that out. Do you two handle conflict well enough not to fear it? Are you free to be yourselves where others seem to walk on eggshells? Ten, everyone has insecurities. You Do each of you respect how the other handles them? And see, everybody, yes, everybody has insecurities. But insecurities have your insecurities have to be worked out with yourself. The only person who controls your response to your insecurities is you. And this is what a lot of women don't understand because a lot of women will take their insecurities and take their reaction to their insecurities and blame the man for it, case in point. So a woman, I'm not going to say her name, but I know somebody who, who was deeply insecure about how she looked, 
and that when her man, he doesn't, he would just talk to a woman like, let's say, the woman I knew, she was like a five, right, in the looks department, five six in the looks department, and let's say the man went to went to they went to a club together, and all of a sudden he's he's chatting it up with a woman who's like an eight, a seven or an eight, and then the girl, the, the girlfriend, flies off the handle. What are you doing talking to her? And, they, and he has to hear it all the way home. I can't believe you. You want to cheat on me? Da, da, da. Do you want her? Do you want her? Well, you can go sleep with her then. And then we'll have the nerves to say, well, I flew off the handle because he's sitting here talking to other women and he knows I'm there. Putting it off on him as if it's his fault that she overreacted to the fact that he's chatting it up with somebody else. Her insecurities caused her to overreact, not him. It was her. She did it on her own. So, again, can you handle your own insecurities without putting it on without putting it on your on your spouse or your partner or whoever? If you can do that, then you're good. So, finish the sentence. They're wonderful, but if you can say they're wonderful, but and then accept the things that come after come after the but, then you're good. Uh, example, They're, he's wonderful, but he comes home and leaves his socks on the on the floor. If that's a serious pet peeve for you, then leave him alone, because he's not going to want to come home from work and hear about how he's leaving the socks on the floor after a hard day at work. He's just not going to. You have to be that port in the storm. He's wonderful, but he can't cook. Okay, are you willing to either teach him or learn together? Because if you're going to browbeat him about not about not work, I mean, about not cooking or not being able to cook after he comes home from a hard day's work, he's not going to want to hear that. I'm telling you this, all right? Men, the same thing. She's wonderful, but she's wonderful, but she's not the body type that I'm looking for. Okay, is she willing to become the body type that you're looking for? If not, you have to, you, you kind of have to explore your other options, right? And at a certain point, you're going to have, you're going to have options. And yes, yeah, I realize that the advice I'm giving to men and the advice I'm giving to women are completely different. They come from two worlds. However, this is just the way that biologically it shakes down. And if you don't believe me, just go through my shows and hear what I talk about. Biologically, this is how it shakes down. I'm going to go into overtime. That's fine. But you have to understand that the two responses, the men, men have to respond differently to the same symptoms the same stimulus than women do just because that's it's just the way things are set up it's just way by things biologically to set up that's the way they shake down so again men you can say she's wonderful but she doesn't she doesn't do the dishes when the dishes are dirty are you willing to are you willing to pick that up pick up the dishes after you get to work if so great do it if not then either get get her to the point where she would be willing to do it or you know what I'm saying? Let's see what the so yes, he's he's wonderful, very wonderful. But you have to be able to accept the but. You understand that you're the only the only person you can change is yourself. Yes, I went over that. Okay, they're wonderful, but are they wonderful for you? They better be. Again, they're wonderful, but if you can if you can accept the but, then you're good, right? If you purge the excuse, all relationships are work, and all relationships are work. You have to do, you really have to do the heavy lifting, whether you're a man or a woman, you have to do the heavy lifting, right? 
Although with men, it's baked into the sauce because men are provider protectors. So if you're unemployed and you're trying to and you're trying to be in a long-term relationship, men, then you better get employed real quick because you're supposed to be the provider protector. Likewise, women, you can't you can't sit here and say I'm an independent woman and then expect a man to provide provide and protect you because you're independent. That's not you know again not how that works. If you're if you're independent, then be independent. Get off the get off the singles apps. Get off the dating apps and just be independent because men, if men are independent. We we go through our problems on our own. And I read a profile that says, um, I'm an independent woman just looking to share somebody to go through life's trials with. Men don't have that option. If men are independent, then men have to, by just by nature, go through their trials on their own. Why? Because women are trying to go through men's trials with them. So it's kind of selfish to say I'm an independent woman, but I'm looking for somebody to go through trials with. That's not how that works. If you're independent, then you go through your trials on your own. That's just it. Um, let's see, confidence that if you broke up, they would take it like an adult. They should. Would you be with this person even if you couldn't marry or have kids? And, and that's kind of a thing. Kids are not. A lot, not a lot of people are. Not a lot of people are long for kids, especially if you're older, right? Because again, if you're after 35, every couple of years it gets exponentially uh, um, the chance of having. A child with like Down syndrome or something like that gets it increases exponentially with every year after 35. So again, if you're older, you may want to have you want to have you may want to have a conversation about not having kids. Has time, not months. Let's see. Yeah, has time, not months, but years. Confirms what you're witnessing and feeling. That doesn't have to be years, but I say vet somebody for at least a year, and then you'll find out. Finally, do you understand that you can get all of this right and still and and still get things wrong. Yes, because things change. And the reason why things change, and I'm going to end with this, the reason why th- things change is because, and usually I got a pin, in, I got a pin in on you women. Again, I know, I understand. I'm pinning it, I'm pinning a lot on you women. And I'm going to tell you why probably at the end of the week, why I'm pinning everything on women. It's not, it's not out of misogyny. It's actually out of concern. But um, I'm pinning a lot on you women. Because you women, you have to understand that even though men grant you the access to the long-term relationship, a lot of women don't do what it takes to make sure that they that they don't abuse the access that they've been given. Like, okay, if you work for somewhere and they give you a key card to access a locked door, then they're trusting you with to have the wherewithal to not abuse that privilege, right? So... Let's bring it back. If men get if men give you access to a long term relationship, you've got to make sure you take care of that access. A lot of women will get access to those long term relationships and then because the man is always at work making the money because you're because you expect him to pay the bills, you expect him to buy you things and take care of the and do the maintenance on the car and pay for the maintenance and other things. And pay for your clothes and the kids need to go to school and Food needs to be bought and all this stuff that the man needs to pay out for, right? Um, I'm excluding independent women because independent women, you complain when you get with a man. You say you're independent, but the man doesn't want to pay. Like the man only wants to pay half the bills and the man wants to pay half of this, half of that, but you're independent. So, and then you complain about that. I'm not talking to you because you guys are just out. You, y'all are just out to lunch anyway. So for the trad cons out there, and then the man, so the man goes out, he spends 
46, 40 to 60 hours, between 40, anywhere between 40 and 70 hours a week at home to bring home enough money and take care of everything, plus be able to save for the child, for the children's future, be able to invest, and to be able to take care of everything that you're on his back to take care of. So he has to put in that 40, uh, that 40, 50, 60, 70 hours at work just to make the money to do that. And then you expect him to stay in shape because, again, you're looking at Chad with the big muscles. So you expect him to stay in shape. So he's got to put in an extra hour and a half at the gym. And then, um, and that's what, about three times a week. And then you, and then when he comes home, you're complaining that he's never there and that you're bored. And now, and now, again, like I played in the Saturday, like I played in the um, clip on Saturday, and if you hadn't heard that show, I really suggest you listen to it. Um, when that happens, you say that you're bored, and now you either want to divorce him or you want to get with Chad, who's got, who also has money, who also has a nice body, who and who's good looking, but he's giving you attention, whereas your man isn't, because he's taking care of everything that you're demanding he takes care of. So again, yes, you can get all this right, and it can go very wrong. And the reason why it goes very wrong, I pin it a lot on you women. I really do. Now you may hate, you may hate that, and if you do, send me a message, leave me an email. I, 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 I read my hate mail. I do. All right, and a lot of hate mail are they do have a little teeny twinge of legitimacy that you know I can use to, I can use to better the content. But at the same time, you know. Send it to me. Send me your thoughts. You usually do anyway. So that's that. Anyway, that's that's it for this hour. I told you I was going to go into overtime. There's a couple of minutes into overtime. Tomorrow, we're going to do Dr. Laura. I'll play a couple of clips from Dr. Laura, and I'm going to tell you why I turned on her and why, again, the the essential questions aren't being asked, like I, like I said in going into these, um, going into these advice columns. Nobody's asking the essential nobody's asking the essential questions and you have to ask the essential question when you are giving people advice or else it just equates to it really just equates to platitudes. So come back tomorrow, tomorrow at eleven, we're gonna do this again. And um again, tomorrow's Dr. Laura and then Wednesday, Thursday by again by Friday, I'm gonna tell you why I pin why I pin a lot of things on women. It's actually gonna be an, an empowerment thing. For women, if you choose to sit down through that show, I'm ABC. Catch me tomorrow, eleven. I'm out. and make the dating world a better place. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.